Hey everyone, this is Katie and I'm here today to talk about some of the hottest topics in pop culture this week in a show I like to call Son of a Beach. Before I begin, I want to send my condolences to the family of Takeoff from the rap trio Migos who was shot and killed overnight on November 1st outside a Houston bowling alley, according to authorities. He was 28. Also, I'm sending my condolences to the family of singer and actor Aaron Carter, who was found dead on Saturday at his home in Lancaster. He was 34. <laughs> I'm sick. Y'all remember that line from Mean Girls? Well, that's me today. I apologize for my voice. I caught the cold over the weekend and this weather ain't helping me right now. I'm trying to live, laugh, love, and I can't even do that until I get better. <laughs> but thank you for listening and thank you for understanding. Speaking of cold and sick, Netflix recently announced that they have plans to expand Ryan Murphy's Jeffrey Dahmer series due to its success. The program is the second biggest English language series after Stranger Things. Murphy is on a roll because his other show, The Watcher, has announced that there's a second season in the works. According to the New York Times, Bella Baharia, head of global TV, Netflix, said, Audiences can't take their eyes off Monster and The Watcher. The creative team of Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan on Monster along with Eric Newman on The Watcher are masterful storytellers who captivated audiences all over the world. Why is this the second biggest show on Netflix? As you tuned in on Beach Weekly when I was speaking about the Dahmer series to begin with, this shouldn't have been a series at all. I love Evan Peters, but he tends to take on these roles of some weirdos, and I'm just like, why? But I don't understand why Netflix is giving these serial killers a platform when they can talk about something else, like heroes around the world or something different. Don't talk about this murderer that murdered these people in like the most brutal and unhuman way. I get it, like crime and things like that are like very popular in series, but this is different. I'm very sorry. I can't I don't understand where they're coming from, and I don't think I ever will. And to this day I have not watched a series and I'm happy I haven't cuz I don't want to get creeped out, but I don't pay that much money per month just to see some shows like that on your service. So do better. Please give me more rom-coms. I haven't seen a great show. Well, actually, I've started watching Love is Blind season three, which is so unrelated. But something like that. Give me more of those shows. Like reality TV's back. Give me more rom-coms. They've been struggling since all the boys I've loved before has ended. I'm sorry I said what I said. But yeah, Netflix has been struggling. So I think they're just trying to put stuff out there like that. And I'm not with this Dahmer series at all. And I'm not going to be with anything that they do with that in the future. The ever so iconic Cher has announced that she's in a relationship and now has a man in her life. Go ahead, girl. The singer was photographed out holding hands with music producer Alexander Edwards. The pop icon logged on Twitter to confirm that they are dating and she's having the time of her life. Shortly after that, on November 3rd, the singer was seen holding hands with Edwards as they entered the celebrity hotspot named Craig's in West Hollywood, where they met up for dinner with rapper Tyga. Edwards was even spotted kissing her hand as they were sitting waiting in the car, and the following day, the singer responded to a tweet that said, Someone's got a new boyfriend. 
with yes. I'm so happy for Cher. And I feel like a lot of people have stuff to say about this because of the 40-year gap. She's 76 and he's 36. But these are grown folk, okay? Grown people. This is a grown-up relationship. Cher knows what she wants. She's been knew what she wants. And he's 36. He's the baby daddy of Amber Rose's child named Slash. So he has history already with some pop icons, some opinionated women. Cher knows what she wants. Okay? And I feel like this wouldn't be an issue if the roles were reversed. A 76-year-old man and a 36-year-old woman. I feel like the double standards is real. And I'm so happy for her, actually. And I think on the tweet that she said earlier, like when people were tweeting about this, she said love doesn't have math or she doesn't believe math is related to love. And it makes sense in a way. Me personally, numbers do matter (laughs) a little bit, but I'm only in my 20s. She's 76. So I'm gonna let her do what she has to do. And I can't even say nothing because I don't even have a boyfriend. So I commend Cher. She got booed up and it's cuff season. I was like, go ahead, girl. I'm so happy for her. You know who else is happy? Oh, Nick Cannon. For the fourth time this year, Nick Cannon has announced he's expecting another child and his second with Alyssa Scott. Baby number 11 is on the way and was basically confirmed with the photo shoot between Cannon and Scott, which was posted on social media. The news comes just over a month after Nick announced the birth of his 10th child, whom he shares with Brittany Bell less than two months after he had his ninth baby with model Lanisha Cole and just over three months after he had baby number eight with model pre-TSC. It's like a new month, new child type thing. It's been nearly a year since the passing of Cannon's five-month-old son, Zen, also shared with Scott. The cause of death was due to a form of brain cancer. I do want to sell my well wishes and congratulations to Nick Cannon and Alyssa Scott on their blessing of a child. Congratulations. But also, Nick Cannon, you need to slow down, my guy. You got a whole classroom of children. Bro can feel like a whole soccer team right now with all his children and have like little summons. I can't. I feel like he has more children than I do in some of my classes. Nick, you need to slow down or get fixed. Something something you got all these baby mothers like how do you start up high with mariah carey and fumble the bag oh my gosh bro fumble the bag so hard and this is coming from someone that has been fond of nick cannon since i was a child i'm very familiar with his movies i I was kind of a fan more of a fan back in the day back in the day i'm only like 20 something but i'm i'm a casual fan now i do like some of his stuff in wild and out but sometimes it can be a little you know a little crazy but that's also where he met Alyssa scott the one that's having his child now so um, i don't know nick you need to do something figure it out because we can't keep getting monthly reports of your children bro and the thing is crazy i'm pretty sure he's a great father and i know he like posts like pictures and stuff of his children which is nice but with all those children you're bound to have less attention you're, you're bound to give less attention to some you can't keep up with them all and i just feel bad when these children grow up i'm hoping that you know they don't go through it but even right now in a family with a children of four <laughs> i can already tell you it's hard to keep up i'm a middle child and i've experienced it all so 
I'm just hoping the best for those children and Nick and the rest of the family. That's all I'll say. But Nick, get something done, please. <laughs> so I finally listened to Midnight and have a couple of songs that stood out to me. Okay. So the one I want to talk about first is called Bejeweled. As it sounds, Bejeweled sounded literally like glitter and has that signature synth pop sound. Taylor Swift's back vocal tracks really made that song. Like, it just made it pop. I think the chimes could have been used a little less, to be honest, or lowered in volume. But the lyrics of the song is amazing, especially the chorus. It's so catchy. She says, best believe I'm still bejeweled. When I walk in the room, I can still make the whole place shimmer. Oh my gosh, girl. She's basically saying she is the main character. The song is pretty and i can see it in a netflix rom-com in like this opening scene i also enjoyed vigilante Shh, i can't say that word <laughs> that song is actually my favorite from the album it was giving bad tay tay and i'm here for it i loved the hi-hat used in the song and some of the lyrics really was like oh she's a bad taylor lately i've been dressing for revenge that's a bar i'm sorry that is a bar and i'm probably going to use that for like a caption in one of my instagram posts <laughs> overall i give this album an 8.7 out of 10 and that's coming from someone that doesn't listen to taylor swift stuff every day so great job taylor and i know her tour is coming up and i have friends that are trying to get tickets who knows i might show up to the SoFi stadium the next time you hear from me i'll probably be crying because black panther comes out this weekend and I'm super excited and ready to cry. To be honest, I'll probably see the movie about two to three times by the time the next episode of this comes out. In a new segment of Son of a Beach, Rosie shares her latest film reviews and analysis. Take it away, Rosie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Going to the Movies with Rosie. I'm your host, Rosie Montes from The Daily 49er. Thank you, Katie, for allowing me to be part of Son of a Beach to talk about movies. I love talking about films, and I'm honored whenever friends ask me what's a good film to watch. Today, we'll be taking a walk to East Los Angeles and talk about the movie Real Women Have Curves. Just this year, it celebrated its 20th anniversary, which is amazing. It stars American Fiera as Anna, Lupe Ontiveros as her mother, and George Lopez as her high school teacher. This was the first time I saw a plus-size Latinx teenager in a movie. And that meant so much to me. It meant so much seeing Anna on the screen because this was someone that looked like me. And that was rare. The only other Latinx actress that I saw as a kid was Salma Hayek. She is so beautiful. And I felt so sad because I thought to myself, I could never look like her. I mean, then again, this was a thought of like a fifth grader. <laughs> I had so many insecurities and low self-esteem when I was younger because of the size of my stomach. But when I saw America in the movie, she made me realize I am beautiful. Latinx representation in the film industry has been building up, but there is still so much work to be done. That's why movies like Real Women Have Curves is important to make. The film follows Anna, a Mexican-American high school student living in East Los Angeles with her family. If you're from the area or have ever been there, you can feel you're in the heart of East LA. I lived in the city of commerce in my early years and watching this movie made me feel like I was at home. 
In the movie, Anna balances her family responsibilities while trying to have a regular teenage life. This is something that typically happens in a Latinx household. This even happened to me. I just turned 29 last week and I'm barely starting to have a bit of my own life. It's something not easy to go through. Anna's high school teacher, Mr. Guzman, tells her on her last day of school about applying to college. But Anna mentions that her family would never allow her to go. Sometimes you need someone outside from your family to push you to achieve goals that you've never thought of accomplishing. Mr. Guzman even goes as far as going to Anna's house and telling her family about a scholarship opportunity about going to Columbia University in New York. Anna is thrilled, but her mother Carmen is upset. Carmen is mad that Mr. Guzman is at her home telling Anna about this opportunity. To Carmen, Anna's place is with her family in East LA. There's nowhere else for her to go. She has to be with her family. But there's one quote that Mr. Guzman tells Anna's father. You left your country for a better opportunity. And now it's Anna's turn. That line hit me the hardest. My father migrated from Mexico to Los Angeles and became a citizen to give his children a better life. He would tell my brothers and I about the hardships he had in Mexico. He would also tell us, No dejas a nadie que te digan que no son americanos. Never let anyone tell you that you're not American. Real women have curves is as real as it gets. There's also an important scene in the movie that talks about body positivity that shuts down anyone that tries to make you feel bad about your weight. Carmen always criticizes Anna for her weight. She tells Anna that she has to look good to be skinny in order to find a man to marry. This criticism happens so much in the Latinx culture and it's terrible. There's a scene where Anna is working at her sister's textile factory with her mother. Anna complains how hot it is in the factory and takes off her shirt and pants. She feels so relieved and everyone else in the factory does the same, except for Carmen who criticizes everyone. This was so beautiful to watch because this celebrates a woman's bodies and how we're all shaped differently. There's way more that I can talk about with this film. We'll save that for another time. Shout out to my mom and dad for changing their lives and moving to a completely different country. I know it wasn't easy, but I'm thankful and my brothers are too. Thank you for everyone listening and going to the movies with me today. Back to you, Katie. Before I go take some cough medicine, because as you can hear, I need some. I want to show my gratitude to everyone at the Daily 49er for giving me the platform to share pop culture news and everything in between on a bigger scale. Lastly, I just want to say thank you for listening. This has been Katie here. See you next time on Son of a Beach!